Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's Partner Plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash Thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by You've always had the feeling that there's something strange about reality. According to the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast, there is. On the show, hosts Robert Lamb and Joe McCormick examine neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and much more. Prosthetics are true testaments to not only human craftsmanship and ingenuity, but also to the plasticity of the human brain. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. Drake almost quit Degrassi because of his character being in a wheelchair. Adele opened up about how her new album was meant to help explain her divorce to her son. And Jezebel senior writer Megan Reynolds is here to talk about Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly's hot topic romance. It's October 15th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, so Stephen, to kick things off, a former Degrassi writer claimed that Drake was ready to leave the show because he was worried his character being in a wheelchair would make him look, quote, soft. During the AV Club's 20th anniversary oral history of the show, James Hurst explained they'd received a letter from a Toronto law firm saying, quote, Aubrey Graham will not return to Degrassi season six as Jimmy Brooks unless his injury is healed and he's out of the wheelchair. While Drake told James he didn't know anything about the letter, he did say his, quote, friends in the rap game say I'm soft because I'm in a wheelchair. James says he responded, quote, well, tell your friends in the rap game that you got shot. How much harder can you get? You got shot and you're in a wheelchair, adding that he pointed out how important the representation was for wheelchair users. 
I mean, this is just like such a, uh, frankly, bummer uh, revelation. I know that character like was really important representation. By the way, Drake, like, you know, I want to say like, you were not soft because you were in a wheelchair. You were soft because you were a little Canadian child actor boy. You, you know what I mean? Like that, that's why you were soft. I mean, and I just, I feel like he is so hell bent on destroying his own reputation lately. Add this to the list. He truly is. Do you know what was wild though? When I first read the headline that said like he didn't want to come back because he was in a wheelchair I thought I was like oh good for Drake because I thought he was saying because I'm not actually a wheelchair user so a wheelchair user should be acting in that role and I was like oh no we went in the other direction (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah if it was an issue of feeling like he wasn't the right actor for the role that would be one thing but this is just like (laughs) playing into like really harmful and offensive uh, stereotypes of wheelchair users I'm glad they didn't bend to that will and I'm glad they stuck the course because I mean it was uh a really like iconic, a wheelchair user on television. And then this will just be an example of a time that we have to separate the art from the artist. <laughs> Which we often have to do with Drake. <laughs> Very true. All right. Well, here's one artist that I don't mind very much attaching to the art is Adele. Adele just released her music video for Easy On Me. And in a recent interview with British Vogue, she talked about how she hopes her new album will help her son understand why she and his father divorced. She said, quote, I just felt like I wanted to explain to him through this record when he's in his 20s or 30s who I am and why I voluntarily chose to dismantle his entire life in the pursuit of my own happiness. It made him really unhappy sometimes, and that's a real wound for me that I don't know if I'll ever be able to heal. Oh my God. This like absolutely breaks my heart. All I want to say is Adele, wow, you, the depth of your emotions. You're so empathetic to be feeling for your son in this way. But my God, am I proud of you for leaving a relationship that wasn't working? Because, and I'm sure she's heard this, in the long run, it would have been worse for her son if she stayed in an unhappy marriage. 1000%. She and her ex-husband now have the opportunity to model for their son what like a healthy, happy, supportive, loving relationship looks like. That's the most important thing he could see. It is. And now I'm just going to be listening to Easy On Me and through a different lens because some people are talking about, is she like singing to her ex? Is she singing to her son? Is she singing to both? But asking for like someone to go easy on her. And I'm like, I will. Oh, I will too, Adele. And, you know, I think it's really, it's like such a powerful thing to speak out about because I think that oftentimes there is that stigma of like feeling like you have to stay in that marriage for the children. And, you know, it's good to have people out there saying, hey, I went through this, but I still made the choice. And by the way, Adele, your happiness matters too, you know? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, moving on. In case you've somehow missed it, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are dating. You may have seen them making out on the red carpet at the VMAs, or maybe you saw them making out on the red carpet at the Billboard Music Awards, or maybe you saw them making out in one of his music videos. Clearly, they're a very affectionate couple, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it's certainly getting a lot of attention and getting a very mixed response, because whether you think they're couple goals or feel more like you're watching a slow-speed train crash, we've all got our opinions, especially after the pair did an absolutely wild interview with GQ this week. Joining us today to talk about it all is Jezebel senior writer Megan Reynolds. 
Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you guys for having me. So I just want to dive right into this because we have a lot of ground to cover here. I think the title of your piece just perfectly captures what's going on with this relationship. So I'm just going to read your headline. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly's hot topic love is thrilling. This pairing elicits a lot of strong reactions from people. Is it sweet? Is it toxic? Is it some sort of weird publicity stunt? Where do you fall on this? So my take on Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox is that it's maybe a little bit of all three of the things that you just outlined (laughs) because it is, I think, at its basis, just like a normal, I mean, it's not a normal relationship, but it's like a relationship, period, right? There's always going to be an element of like something unsavory um, because they are two famous people. There's an element of the performative to it. Um, but at the end of the day, after looking at enough pictures of them on Getty and then also (laughs) reading the GQ profile that came out (laughs) this week, I think that if I, you know, if hard pressed, I would say that this is mostly romance with like a nibble of publicity because they know what their jobs are and their jobs are to be famous people that people will pay attention to and talk about as we are doing right now. So we're doing our part of the bargain and they have, they're doing theirs regardless of what we do. Yeah. They're doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And I love it. It's what, I mean, it's refreshing. Everything has been so shitty for the past two years or however the long it's been like fine. If these two want to like touch bodies in public, then who am I or anyone who's anyone to be like, don't do that. So, you know, the real reason we're talking about this right now, even though I talk about them all the time, is this bizarre GQ interview the pair just did. Can you break down some of the most notable aspects of the article? So that was a that was a brilliant profile. Obviously, the quotes that have been flying around whatever social media you prefer I think we're obviously the most electrifying part. There is something very sweet and also annoying about the fact that when they first kissed, they didn't actually kiss. They just breathed each other's air. Great. Whatever works. Obviously, the quote where, you know, that he he disappeared in a puff of smoke after telling Megan Fox that he is weed as opposed to smelling like weed I think that's a crucial distinction. I believe him. I mean, I understand why <laughs> Megan <laughs> I get I it too. in that yeah. moment when she was probably like, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. What really stuck out to me about the article, aside from the quotes, was just sort of the strength of what I think is an actual genuine connection, as well as watching two people who have had a shitty time in their personal lives, sort of realizing that like they've found someone else who's had like the same kind of shitty time and are sort of working through their stuff together. The only thing is they're just doing it publicly because that's, again, they're famous. That's what they do. I kind of just want to talk about like, can you, you, I need you to be my therapist. Can you explain why this wild article made me even more obsessed with them? You know, is it because it makes no sense, but all the sense at the same time, because in that weed moment, when she said the first time they met each other, they didn't really see each other because quote, their spirit guides didn't let them see each other. I immediately was like, yep, makes sense. Checks out. (laughs) Yes. I mean, here's the thing. I generally, I'm not a person who would read this and be like, Oh yeah, totally. I love them. I love their love. And I think it's just that 
it's all slightly too canny to be to be fake. Like I fully believe that Megan Fox has gone has like taken a left turn somewhere and has gone to some sort of spiritual crystal adjacent place in her life. And so that that's why all the stuff she said about MGK made sense to me. That's why her sort of thinking that like their souls were actually leaving their bodies to experience each other in the liminal space between their physical forms. That's why I believe that that is probably how she actually feels. Like it seems genuine and I feel embarrassed for even thinking that, but it no, is. it's true. And it makes me love them. Yeah. It's nice to see love. I mean, God, who am I? It's nice to see love. <laughs> I don't know. It is nice to see love. It like is. Every, everything has been so Miz for so long. So like, God, you might know, as well. I do find myself rooting for them. However, there was one thing that Machine Gun Kelly said in the article that did raise some uh, red flags for me. So he described their relationship as, quote, ecstasy and agony, which, you know, the agony part then becomes sort of an alarming way to describe a romantic entanglement. It, it like it could be read as toxic unless I'm reading the agony thing as like that's the part where they're working out their past shit. What did you make of that agony statement? So, the, I mean, I think that's a little bit of hyperbole, right? I think it's like MGK knew he was doing this interview because specifically because of his like gross, like goth light love with Megan Fox. He knew that part of his job was to uphold the promise of them being these like sick, like pleather freaks in a good way. And if it were me, I would not have used the particular word agony because I do agree that there is a negative, obviously there's a negative connotation to it, but I do think that it's all a part of sort of the narrative that they are attempting to control and are attempting to build for themselves in that, you know, Megan Fox said in the profile that their love is a like a dark fairy tale. So like the ecstasy and the agony sort of leans in to that kind of aesthetic and that kind of like world building. So, I mean, I'm sure their relationship has its ups as well as its downs. And I don't, you know, I obviously I don't know them, but I can see how it would be interpreted as toxic. I just don't necessarily think it's that black and white. It's like they've got the shit and then they've also got the moments of like not shit. And that is how any relationship, personal, romantic, whatever. And this is life. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back to talk more about Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly's love affair of the ages. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network. Basically, any shows with the word game in it, odds are you'll find me there. 
Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup. It's going to be great. I'm also doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. We want to hear from you, fans of the NFL. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it? Please, for the love of Roger Goodell, do not tell me. I can be held accountable. Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thursday, February 10th. Kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. Welcome back. We're talking with Megan Reynolds about Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. So you point out in your piece that much like everything happening in pop culture right now, this relationship feels very much like an early 2000s throwback. So what about this couple makes you want to lump them in with claw clips and whale tails? So I think it's that for me specifically is about their aesthetic. Megan Fox at the Met Gala this year, she wore this red dress that was had like I wouldn't call them cutouts. It was like laced all the way up the front on either side. So it was the kind of dress where you probably cannot actually wear underpants underneath it. It also, it was sort of a very like rock of love contestant couture. It was a sort of something that I think maybe Kourtney Kardashian would have put on and been like, Oh, I don't know. And then maybe gave it to Megan Fox. Something about the way their particular aesthetic, I think is very early two thousands. But I think it's also how they're sort of hearkening back to the archetypes that paved the way for them, like as Molly Lambert in the GQ piece mentioned, Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton, um, I think, and also Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee are two sort of archetypes of this kind of, I mean, trashy is not the right word because it's derogatory, but this sort of like, I mean, I suppose we could call it like a free-spirited kind of love. Yeah, you know, and I want to dive into this dynamic that I think you're even touching on now. Uh, I think someone at Jezebel, your coworker, described it as the the tattoo boyfriend and the pretty girlfriend. Um, and I, I think like Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee would be categorically probably part of that. I I know like uh, I'm thinking of Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande. Uh, may that beautiful romance rest in peace. What is it about that trope that that grips people? Um, the, I would like to mention the person who wrote that was Ashley Reese. She is brilliant, and I'm glad that she elucidated that so clearly. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. It was so. I think what works about that trope is that it's like it's both unexpected and kind of expected at the same time. I think it harkens back to like high school, you know, like the hot stoner guy who goes to class maybe once a month, who always has good weed and is doing something with a skateboard. And like has tattoos before you are legally able to have tattoos like that sort of that appeals to like, I mean, I don't know if Megan Fox would necessarily categorize herself as like sort of like a 
the cheer, like a cheerleader type, you know what I mean? But I think there's just because she's so beautiful. I think there's something visually very appealing about a man who is like, who actually has like tattoos on his head and Megan Fox, who is just it like pretty to the point where like, I probably wouldn't be able to look at her if I were in her presence. And I think it's just, you know, the bad boy, good girl kind of thing is a tale as old as time. You know, there's another tattooed boyfriend, pretty girlfriend making the rounds right now. And that would be Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian, who you have very controversially (laughs) dubbed the couple of the year. And that goes even over JLo and Ben Affleck 2.0. Can you please defend that stance for our audience? Because I have to hear this. Wow. Well, okay. Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian make absolute sense to me because for a couple of reasons, one Scott Disick and Courtney Kardashian's relationship, which we seem to know almost everything about because of the television show didn't seem to be great. I'm sure there were moments of joy or something approaching it, but it seemed Scott seemed kind of like he had a lot of issues, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the show, you know, he was trying to get Courtney to marry him finally. And she was sort of like, bro, I am good. Like we've, we've been out oh, this bridge, the store is closed, etc." Travis Barker, I think is of the two more stable. I also think, I feel like I read something that they were, they are either neighbors or they have, they've been neighbors in Calabasas or they've like known each other for a while, just from like, either just from like being famous and being in the same sorts of like tertiary circles. So them getting together makes sense. And it's because, because of that proximity and also because Courtney deserves a little, she deserves a little fun. And she does. Travis Barker, for whatever <laughs> you want to say about him, I have no real opinion on Blink 182, but he seems like a lot of fun. Um, in the bedroom. Okay, that, that, oh, like, yes. that's the main, that's, the, I mean, I believe that was the, unfortunately, that was like the, the central thesis. I mean, the thing about JLo and Ben is like, I was very excited when they first emerged because as someone who is practically ancient, I feel like I remember them the first time around and feeling very like, oh, wow, this is okay, cool my favorite person from Boston and Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> and now it's like, at first I was like, okay, I get it. They, you know, they've like been through some stuff, they've lived their lives. And now they're like, okay, the press ruined our relationship for the first time. Now we can do it again. And the way that it's been playing out in the press now, I think just seems like they're doing, um, not that they're doing a bit, but they just are like, okay, we know what we need to do. We did this the last time. This is what works. This is what doesn't. So they're just sort of going through the motions regardless of how their actual relationship is. But Travis and Courtney have this sort of electrifying passion for one another that is a little gross, but also like kind of like something that is a little gross. I sort of think about it like um, watching uh, like uh, what's it called? A pimp like uh, extraction videos, <laughs> like mm. pimple, like. There's not, I physically cannot ever finish those videos because by the time they get to the moment where the thing comes out of the skin, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. But I still watch up until that point. So it's like there's something appealing in the grossness of it all. And I think what is appealing about them is that it, again, it seems like they just, they really don't give a fuck. They like actually like each other a lot. 
And Ben Affleck and J-Lo just seem kind of like, oh, I'm tired. (laughs) And they might be. Yeah, they might be. Okay, well, I want to talk about that as a final question that up until that point, which I interpret as uh, marriage or breaking up. Um, So I need to know a yes or no for these three couples. Courtney and Travis, will they last? Um, Oh, God. Yeah, I think so. Okay, now how about MGK and Megan Fox? I mean, I honestly, even though I love their love, I want to give them another, I give them a year and a half. Mm, okay, okay. And then finally, Jen in bed 2.0. Christ, they will break up and <laughs> they will also break up in probably by the Q2 of 2022 and we won't <laughs> learn about it for a long time afterwards. Uh, until, very accurate. Yeah, very accurate. <laughs> well, Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's of been course. so fun. Thank you. This is great, guys. Appreciate it. That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, being in a wheelchair does not make you soft. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bauza, Frank Capello, and Jess Goodwin. Special thanks to Erica Nedanine and Samantha Hennig. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. 